podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Well, after a very ordinary first day at Headingley, what an amazing turnaround in the second day's play. England are certainly winning massive credit for their fun value, their entertainment value. Well, certainly this is what Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum promised. And what an extraordinary turnaround today. 55 for six, and now England well over 200 for six with that amazing seventh wicket stand unbroken between Johnny Bairstow and the debutant, Jamie Overton. What what can you make of it all, Simon? Where do you start? Well, it's, it's a very good question. Um, at one stage today, just look, right, OK, this is all unravelling, uh, this news or buccaneering style. I mean, to, to be fair, New Zealand bowled well with a new ball, and Bolt was excellent, got it to swing. I mean, Root was out to an, an excellent delivery, for example. But, I mean, I, I think there was a moment when Ben Stokes was out because he, I mean, he was coming down the pitch and hoiking and wafting, and he hit a, a couple of uh, clean strokes as well. But when he holed out to mid-off, I think there was a sort of general sort of feeling around the ground. I think we, you can't play test cricket like this. You know, you need to play sensibly but then the counter-attack came and England have, have hauled themselves right back into the game we talked yesterday didn't we you said it's a bit like after the Lord Mayor's show uh, yesterday well the Lord Mayor's show was back on today uh, you know with knobs on it it was it was just as exciting uh, for the home supporters as it was at Trent Bridge you know last week and I'm sure actually those supporters play their part in it don't they because you know on that final day at Trent Bridge it was a full house largely free well completely free so a totally different sort of audience like the people's day in a way at Trent Bridge and a similar sort of feeling today at Headingley the Yorkshire faithful obviously love their cricket they're passionate about their their own and they didn't see Joe Root succeed today but obviously they saw their their, their other favourite son Johnny Bairstow make another tremendous innings and in some ways this innings today uh, but by Bairstow I don't know whether it trumped the, the Trent Bridge performance because that was such a, a grandstand barnstorming effort, taking uh, a, a, an unlikely target by the scruff of the neck and, and pulling it off. But today, different conditions, slightly trickier bowlers to face, uh, England in total disarray at 50 for six. And he, he turned it round with a measure of good selectivity and judgment to start with and then out came the, 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 the blunderbuss towards the end. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the point. that it, the, the position that England were in the game, I think, was perilous. I mean, they, they were gone, eff- effectively. I mean, you don't win many test matches from 55 for six when the opposition have scored 329. But, you know, a couple of hours later, 37 overs later, England right back in the game. And you, you might even say they're, they're sort of marginal favourites to win it. They could put some pressure on New Zealand in the third innings, which can often be a, a tricky innings. They've got power to add as well. You get a different feel, don't you, sometimes when you come back the next day. All that adrenaline is gone and that crowd excitement is gone and the momentum is gone and you have to restart in the morning. But if they, if they do get going again, I mean, it makes you wonder where they can uh, end up. And you know, to get a really big score and perhaps put pressure on, on New Zealand in, in that... Uh, third innings. I, I think probably it's, it's 
unfair to compare in a way. They were just two, two brilliant days uh, test cricket, both very different, and, and, on, and as you say, on very different surfaces as well. Uh, th- this pitch you know, isn't the, the, the absolute belter uh, that we saw at Trembridge, although at times, you know, when Best and Overton were batting, it did look a really good pitch. It looks like they totally put it in context, uh, but the ball did swing. And, and that was England's undoing at the, at the top of the order. Perhaps we should talk about, you know, before we talk a bit more about Bairstow and Overton as well. Uh, it was interesting, actually, I was, I was down by the, uh, on the on the boundary edge waiting to do the post-day interviews at the end, and, and Bairstow walked off, and he was being cheered off. And there was poor old Jamie Overton uh, behind him, uh, who, who didn't quite know whether to raise his bat or not, and all the applause, really, was for Bairstow. But, I mean, this is Jamie Overton playing his first Test match, and he's 89 not out coming in at, at number eight. You know, he had an incredible day. 89 not out of 106 balls with 12 fours and two sixes and he, he actually just looked a little bit sheepish as he was walking off because <laughs> because it was it was the, the applause was for Bairstow anyway Yoss, what we should do well is talk before about we before we get into okay. England's early order batting I suppose we should just give Alex Stewart a bit of credit because this is what he said about Jamie Overton on yesterday's podcast when we signed him it was we're not just signing you as a bowler we're signing you as a bowler batsman all-rounder um, and again he'd probably been He's one of those, and Yoss, it's probably the same with you. If you bat at number 10, you bat like a number 10. I never know. Did you get that high? I'm not sure if you did in the order. Um, but we said to him, <laughs> no, we, we want to get you in at, you know, can we get you in at eight? But think as a batsman. We've, we've got a, quite a lengthy batting lineup. So at times he's gone in at nine. Um, but when he thinks as a batsman, he plays like a batsman because he's got a very, very good technique. That's red ball cricket. And in white ball cricket, you know, yes, we've got off to a nice start in the 2020 group stages, but he has won us a number of games through his striking, but also his intelligent batting. And Alec got it right, didn't he? Uh, just actually giving Overton the chance, the opportunity, the backing to bat up the order and, and see himself as a genuine all-rounder uh, uh, seems to have, have worked, uh, worked a treat. But anyway, let's go back to, to England's early travails uh, against Trent Bolt. Brilliant bowler, isn't he, Trent Bolt? I mean, he's, he's, he's not quite as, 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 as sort of vicious or menacing in a way than, say, Wazzy Macram was left arm over with the new ball. Because in a way, Wazzy Macram was, was actually almost better with the older ball. But, but, but Bolt has just got that waspish late swing and he's always prepared to pitch it up, a bit like Mitchell Stark as well. He loves pitching it up and there are days when he's just got his rhythm beautifully in sync and that ball just swings a little bit later than on other days. He's obviously got a, a wonderful rhythm. Sometimes people say that that, that uh, bowlers bowl too much and they're going to be tired, but actually I think bowlers almost get better the more they bowl. And Bolt has sort of got gradually sort of moulded into his dangerous, certainly early overs in in this series. Today, I mean, you could blame the the, the two right-handers for the way they were dismissed, and we can look at that. But I thought the standard, the quality of the balls also was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, the one that got Lees was a superb delivery. Of course, he, he was dropped earlier in the over by Mitchell at, at slip, and it's quite a loose stroke. Uh, it wasn't a great four uh, from Alex Lees today, but the, the ball that got him was a beauty. There, if, if you haven't seen it, you know, go and have a look at it. Um, BBC Sport website or whatever, or, or BBC highlights on, on iPlayer. It, it just it's angled in, just left him, and, and, and nipped off the off 
bail, fine delivery, and you know, no criticism of a, of a batter who gets out to a ball like that. Crawley and Pope, as you say, sort of in-swingers. Crawley's playing a big shot, wasn't he? And, and Pope, probably just that, that, that technical... Uh, set up. Well, you you analyse it. You just you you deconstruct the the, the two dismissals well, yeah, of Pope I, and Crawley. I, 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 yeah, I, Crawley, of course, is is it's the classic case of he's been done a couple of times by Bolt going across him and had some good deliveries actually, which he's edged and caught behind, and so now he's conscious of that that Bolt angle. So he's trying. To, to, to be able to counter that, looking for the ball that goes across him and perhaps not so conscious of the ball that comes back into him, which was the one that, that did him today. And, well, I mean, the problem he has is he just commits himself too early to a drive or an attempted forcing shot. And I just think, it, we've said this before, it's, a, it's as much as it, as, as it is about technique, it's about decision-making. And if you see that ball early on, which clean-bowled Alex Lees, you can see it swinging late. You've got to play the ball a bit later. And he's just got to get that in his head. That get, forget about the booming drives if a bowler is doing that. If he's not, if he's not swinging it, maybe you, you know you can think about the booming drives. But if he's swinging it like that, you've got to play the ball a bit later. And he just left a big gap. And I thought actually the way he walked off, I thought he he looked you know mentally pretty gone actually because he didn't even look back. He, he played the shot, he heard the death rattle, he wandered off. I think he was almost expecting to get out today. I mean, obviously, he'd never admit that. But I think deep inside his head, he can't fathom Bolt. He, he's, he's, got him with a, he's got him on a, on a platter, Bolt, at the moment. Uh, he can feast on him any way he likes. Uh, Crawley hasn't got any answers. And it was almost like, this is inevitability. Uh, and I, I know I'm going to get out today. And he just walked off, almost accepting his fate. Yeah, that's a really interesting observation. I, I noticed that as well that he didn't look back. He just he just walked off. And and sometimes a player is so low on confidence and, and low on form that you, you you might have to say, well, we need to look at someone else uh, for now. It doesn't necessarily mean the end for for Zach Crawley, but he's in he's in a sort of trough at the moment. Uh, he's got one more innings to come up with something uh, convincing. I presume he's got one more innings as well. And you know, Besto and Overton uh, produce something absolutely sensational tomorrow and then they manage to really squeeze New Zealand. I mean, I mean, God forbid they would lose this test match by an inning. So you, you'd think that Crawley's got one more innings uh, to produce something uh, before the India series. It's quite, <clears throat> it could be quite difficult to bring someone in, though, because there's so much T20 is being uh, played at the moment. You know, uh, what do they do? Do they, uh, do, they, do they pluck out another opener? And, and I suppose Rory Burns might be someone they, they, they could look at. Uh, Although Alex Stewart says that um, they, they, the selectors haven't been down and talked to Rory Burns no, that's true. since, yeah, that's since true, the yeah. uh, beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, for me, I think Crawley probably will stay in for the India Test match because they haven't got a left-arm over bowler for a start. And at the moment, it's that that's the thing that's causing him the most trouble is Bolt's skill. And uh, so, obviously, after this next innings, England's next innings, he'll be presumably only facing right-arm over bowlers. They'll still be pretty good. They're Indian uh, in the Indian test team. But I, I wonder whether, you know, that might just be a little bit of a release for him. Ollie Pope got into a bit of a tangle himself. Again, you've got to give a lot of credit to the delivery. You know, late swing, even more nip off the pitch. I mean, you know... Pope's just come from a very good 100 at Trent Bridge, so he should be seeing the ball pretty well. He should be feeling reasonably confident. He just, he's just a bit vulnerable to that ball coming back in, but sometimes bowlers are allowed to bowl good balls and get people out like that. 
Yeah, uh, Joe Root did get a good ball, a really good ball from uh, Southie after his uh, terrible time at, at Trent Bridge. It was a lovely piece of bowling, actually. Three quite wide away swingers, just a fifth stump, sixth stump, and then a straighter delivery that also left him as well. And Root uh, nicked it behind. Uh, you know, I think that was a good ball as well. Lee's got a good ball. Root got a good ball. I mean, Crawley's and Pokes, as you say, were, were good balls, but perhaps just not not particularly well played. It was, was it Jeffrey always says? Test cricket is about learning to keep out the good balls. And perhaps Crawley and Pope probably could have kept out their balls. Not sure about Lee's mm. and Root. And then and then Ben mm. Stokes's innings. I mean, utterly frantic, frantic innings from Ben mm. Stokes. He hit his third ball for six, smashing it back mm. over the the bowler's head. And there were a couple of you know, huge wipes as well. I mean, Wagner, the first ball he bowled to him. He had a huge wind-up, and it was a horrible slog. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. His head was right up in the air. It was a sort of slog that you would see in the last overs of a, of a club match on a Saturday afternoon. There'll be, there'll be plenty of those uh, tomorrow. It was a head-up uh, Yahoo. Um, I think the, perhaps one of the things about uh, Stokes' innings today is, is the feeling, and, and he, we saw it, didn't we, eventually, with uh, Besto and Overton. If you do give yourself some time, and Ben Stokes has done that recently, you can then really catch up and score quickly and totally dominate the bowling. And he actually, he actually did play two or three magnificent shots mixed in with the, the sort of the charging down the pitch and, and, the, and the hoiking and the, and the larruping. And it was a very tame way to, to get out. There was one of, actually, I, I was speaking to one of, um, one of the journalists here, and he, he said he was in the stand on the far side uh, when Stokes was out. And the new stand at the far end, the, 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 what was the rugby stand? And he said someone stood up in that stand and said, in, in quite colourful language, "You can't play Test cricket like that." With a few expletives in there as well. Uh, but the, the point being, what was he saying when Stokes whacked this third ball for six? I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? That it's, it's about finding that that balance. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, 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 you know, what, what do we say today about, about England? It was, it's totally salvaged by that that. Overton and, and, and Stokes, uh, Overton and, and Bairstow, uh, partnership. So it wasn't it, it wasn't totally about England frittering their wickets away with extravagant shots. There was there was some good bowling. Now that's that's the point, isn't it? But I suppose the Ben Stokes dismissal is the one that that stands out in 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 the yeah. you can't you can't play Test cricket like that uh, mould. Which is what actually Michael Vaughan said on on commentary, isn't he as well? And and I mean I think he he got it right. I think what's what's happening with Stokes at the moment is a little bit what sometimes happens to Owen Morgan uh, as the white ball captain. And basically what England have done over the last four or five years is they've reinvented the way they approach cricket. Certainly with with o, Owen Morgan and the white ball team, it was all about freedom and and playing the aggressive, fearless brand of cricket. And how do you sell that message to the team? You do. It yourself as captain and Morgan has you know he's gone out on a limb often in a game and just basically tried to belt in a one day game and tried to smack the first one of the first four or five balls he faces for four or six he's down the wicket trying to play a big shot in, in a suitable situation or suitable circumstances uh, he's a, a few, quite a few times you know gone in and, and played a big hook shot sort of early on in his innings and perished but uh, in a way said look that's how we're going to play and I'm going to you know be the trailblazer for that uh, approach and okay if I fail I fail but I want us to keep going and keep pushing in that way and I think Stokes has almost seen how 
Morgan conveyed that message to the one-day team and he's felt he needs to do that to the test team. He needs to throw caution to the wind. He needs to show total liberation and freedom in the way that he plays to make sure the team grasp and, and retain that message. But he's just got the balance a bit wrong. You know, he's just gone a bit too far. He's just he's gone to the to the almost the logical, almost illogical extreme mm. of kind of slightly kamikaze batting, and he's obviously a much better player than that. And I'm sure gradually over time the message will sink in that he doesn't need to play quite as extravagantly as that. There was one lovely shot from Stokes, actually, which, which, which would sort of en- encapsulate that approach where he came down the pitch and then it wasn't quite there for the big stroke. And he, he just caressed it through the offside and actually showed his total class that he was able to adjust at the last moment. And he, he played it through point for four. It was a beautiful piece of cricket, actually. It was, it was one of the shots of the day in a, in a sort of very subtle and, and understated way. Anyway, and I, th- I think that gentleman who stood up and said, you can't play effing test cricket like this, uh, Stokes. Um, it probably, it, it, there was an element of disappointment there as well because he's such a thrilling player to watch. And it, I mean, the, the other point as well, it, you, know, you come and watch England, you, you do not want to miss a ball because, I mean, it, it's so entertaining. Uh, it, it, it's, all, it's ravishing, really. It is like watching that England uh, white ball team. And you, th- you did have that feeling today with, oh, this is the day that's all going to come unstuck. Although I would just emphasize it wasn't all, uh, you know, down to reckless stroke play today. There was, there was some good bowling. But, of course, it, it, it wasn't so. That incredible partnership between Bairstow and Overton worth 209 in 37 overs. There, there was some good fortune, we should say that. Johnny Bairstow was dropped on 27, return catch to Neil Wagner. Quite a difficult one. You'll know yourself, Yoz, as a, as a bowl on your follow-through. It's not easy to, to take those catches. And then, of course, another one with, with Craig Overton, who was, was an LBW appeal that was given not out. And if New Zealand had reviewed it, he would have been on his way for five. So it's amazing how, how we've had some real... Um, Incidents like that in this series, drop drop catches or those, or those sort of things happening that could have just changed the course of the game. And it didn't feel that significant at the time. It would have been 62 for seven, but goodness me, it doesn't now feel as significant now. Mm. Well, a, you know, wonderful partnership, fantastic start for Overton in, in Test cricket. Uh, I'm sure it was good actually getting his bowling out of the way first and, and then being able to, to show what he can do with the bat and some wonderful, uncomplicated blows, the type of uh, stuff that both Somerset and Surrey fans will be familiar with. But now he's put uh, strung a few together. And, and actually, I thought what I, th- I really liked about his innings was, you know, there were some good, uncomplicated blows early on. But then when, say, Daryl Mitchell came on, and dangle the ball outside off stump. He had the sense and the the context, the perspective to, uh, you know, understanding the situation. He left the ball and tried to play for Johnny Bairstow uh, as well. So it wasn't just a, a, a sort of forage of, you know, huge hitting. He did actually play a very kind of clever, well thought out and increasingly mature looking innings. And uh, it's put England in this fantastic position. I would say... Uh, Slight criticism of New Zealand. They've allowed this uh, England team to kind of run amok several mm. times now and come up to, to parity with them or, uh, you know, recover from parlous positions. And I think the, the the blame has to be laid a little bit at Kane Williamson's door. He looks a bit helpless in these circumstances. And it's not easy when the ball's flying to the boundary and you've got two pugnacious batsmen battering the, the bowlers everywhere. But 
if the, the, the captain needs to, d- to take control here and slow it down or change the, 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 the approach or just something different. And it, to me, Williamson, you know, when I, I was lucky that I played under two brilliant captains, Mike Brearley and Mike, Mike Gatting, and particularly Brearley, people said he always seemed in control, even when the, the, the situation was more in the opponent's fa- favour. And players in the opposition felt his presence at all times. And I don't feel that with Williamson. He, he feels like a, almost there's inertia and, and almost sort of, I, I don't know what to do kind of uh, f- facial expression. Uh, lovely man, you know, obviously a great ambassador for the game, one of the cricket's great sort of gentlemen, but sometimes he, he looks as if he's not sure how to regain any kind of control. Yeah, I mean, one thing they could have done is, which they didn't do at Trent Bridge, was just to bowl one side of the wicket quite wide. Um, but you, you, I suppose you're always trying to get players out, aren't you? I mean, England was six down, you know, one more wicket in, into, into Potts Broad Leach. You know, bowl wider off stump with a packed offside field, something like that. That that would have been one tactic uh, they could have used. I mean, I, I think, uh, and I thought this on the first morning as well when I when I sort of looked at the pitch, and it is dry. That the fact they left out Ajaz Patel and, and played a, mm. a you know the part time spinner uh, Michael Bracewell. England have got quite a lot of right handers in their side, and I just wonder whether they should have gone with Patel, uh, and that might have mm. given them a bit more. Uh, control, you know, spinning the ball away from the, the right hand. It might not have worked. Of course, he might have been pumped into the stand as well. But you know, Bracewell, uh, four overs for 37 on a pitch that is offering something uh, for the well, slow Well, Jack Leach got five wickets, yeah. didn't he? I know they yeah, were, str- they're not necessarily <laughs> authentic five wickets, but still he got them. Yeah, I mean, it's a strange five for, from Leach. I was going to go on and talk about that. Anyway, I think New Zealand picked the wrong team. Um, mm. They should have been perhaps a bit brave and Patel uh, should have played he didn't and you know, they just the attack felt a bit thin a lot of uh, emphasis on Bolt Southie and and Wagner um, you know Wagner hasn't bowled very much two weeks in his first over he's gone at five nearly six runs and over even Bolt and Southie have gone at, at four and a half runs uh, per over they went they turned to Mitchell he, actually Mitchell nearly got Bairstow out two or three times and that's all that dibbly dobbly type of, of bowler uh, but it wasn't to be so so Jack Leach then uh, I mean Five for a hundred. That's what it says in the book. Uh, what it, the, the the breakdown of it was um, a wicket with his first ball, uh, a bit of a lapse of concentration uh, from Will Young. Then the the freak wicket, and then three caught in the deep, going for for big shots. Fine, take the wickets however they come. It, it wasn't probably a classic fifer, but he might you know, but he might sense now and and Bairstow and Overton's given this. The opportunity back to him, he might sense the possibility of a more genuine Pfeiffer or something approaching it in the second innings on this pitch. Mm. Which would be nice for him because you felt a, a little bit sorry for him when England had collapsed to 50 for, five, for, for six and yeah. the, the prospect of him bowling on a fourth day pitch, which is turning a bit with runs on the board, uh, seemed far-fetched. But now he might have the chance to bowl sometime on the third or fourth day and the pitch is actually offering and maybe some batsmen under pressure and um, with men round the bat, which is what spinners always desire. Yeah, it's, it's a really sort of forlorn task. Isn't it? If a team gets a lead of 150 in the first innings or 200 or whatever, doesn't enforce the follow-on, then you, you just cannot create any pressure at all. Even if the ball's turning, you might get in the game a bit, you might you know, pinch a couple of wickets and balls at turn. But yeah, if you've got if you've got that pressurised situation, then those those players feeling the the squeeze a bit. Yeah, it's it's such a completely different game. It's, it's, it's just that psychological aspect to it, and 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 he's been given that by this Overton and and Bairstow uh, partnership. Who knows 
where it'll end up. I mean, I think what you want to be is in your seat at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. You don't want to you know, get to Headingley late. I mean, even if you miss 20, 25 minutes, you might have missed, you know, 30, 40 runs with the way this England team play. And who, on the other hand, they might be all out in, in the first half an hour. It's, yeah. it's helter-skelter it's helter uh, cricket. It's not, yeah. it's not the sort of cricket that we, test cricket, that we grew up uh, watching when we were young. I mean, we saw some thrilling cricket, you know, that great West Indies side, some fantastic Australian side. We've seen the likes of, you know, Ian Botham and all that. Stuff. But this this feels like something a bit different. I'm not sure how long it can last. I'm not sure whether you can do it against all sorts of uh, opponents in all sorts of conditions. But it's um, it's not bad for starters. No, it's it's a great advert for, for test cricket, really. I mean, I think the run rate in the series overall is over four. Which is fantastic. And remember when Australia, when they were so dominant in the 1990s and they raised the bar for aggressive batting and they almost in- invented intimidatory batting and their run rate was up around sort of 3.5 to 3.8 and over. And that, that kind of certainly upped the ante in, in Test cricket. And England are doing it again now. What is it about New Zealand and England that produces these feasts of, uh, of, of vision and, and, and sport and enterprise, which uh, they've consistently done over the last year or two. England now only 65 behind, uh, so they could go on to get a lead. And uh, all results, again, possible, having looked at the, the WinViz uh, rating at like 2 o'clock this afternoon or 3 o'clock this afternoon, and England had about a 2% chance of winning. Well, mm. now it's, it's 50-50, isn't it? Yeah, and the other, at one point, I mean, a bit later in the day, they were giving um, Winvis. They were giving nineteen percent to the draw, which I mean, I just can't see this game being a draw. Well, I, I suppose if the weather intervened, that's a possibility. Although I think the forecast is not too bad. But just the way England play, you know, you can't see them playing for a draw in this game. I mean, they might be forced to right at the end, say, on on the final day. But I, I, this feels like a one way or the other game. Uh, this one, a New Zealand win or or an England win, and uh, somewhere along the line, it's going to be pretty exciting. So, yeah, absolutely captivating uh, second day. Uh, we uh, we haven't mentioned Daryl Mitchell as well, which seems uh, remiss when you consider this uh, uh, middle order player has made three hundreds in the series. A remarkable series uh, for, for Daryl Mitchell. Uh, yeah, w- wonderful. He's not had a very long uh, Test match career, but he certainly made his mark uh, this summer in England. Yeah, actually, I've, I, I will have the um, privilege of interviewing him next week, actually. Uh, he's doing a special masterclass of, of, for the Rajasthan Royals, actually, as who, of course, he was representing during the IPL. Uh, so I'm going to be at a, a school in Surrey during next week, and I can't wait, actually, because he mm. uh, he's got, obviously, wonderful ability, but he looks like a, a fine man as well. He looks like he's got a tremendous character, and h- how sort of unfair it would be if he scored 300s in the series and ended up winning... <laughs> And ended up not winning a single match. It would seem, you know, it would seem really unfair. But I think we should just finish by saying, um, good luck to Jamie Overton's sleep pattern tonight. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, eighty odd not out in your first Test innings. Uh, the, the, an extraordinary story, really, an extraordinary family story. Actually, what a, mm. a, a an amazing sort of sequence of events we've had over the last few weeks uh, involving the Overtons and my other podcast uh, the Barrett of Margins actually explored the art of sleep with John Gloucester the Rajasthan Royals trainer a few weeks ago and the importance of getting a good night's sleep so 
Jamie, if you happen to listen to this, well, hopefully we've put you to sleep by now <laughs> and you get a good one and you get those few runs that you need in the morning. What a tantalising third day in prospect. We'll be back to tell you about that straight after play. See you then. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.